Good morning. I'm just going to pray. The last time I preached, none of you were here. So (laughs) I'm going to ask God to be with us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would be present in this place, that you would be nearer to us. And uh, I ask that you would speak louder than my words and that you would tell the story that you want told today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As the sky was growing dark and the stars were starting to appear, she made her way through the streets and towards the humble place of lodging. Although she had worked hard all day and her muscles ached, she surprisingly still had a spring in her step and her arms were full. As she approached their small dwelling, she could see a shaft of light from the window spilling out onto the street and she could hardly wait to tell her mother-in-law about her day. It was getting late and so she quickly opened the door into their simple one-roomed house. Her mother-in-law was sitting on the bed, waiting for her to return. Her eyes were heavy and she looked as if she'd been drifting off to sleep. On hearing the door opened, she opened her eyes and seeing her daughter-in-law, she smiled. Ruth reaching down, she placed the large bundle of barley on the bed and plonked herself down next to her. Mum, you're never going to believe the day I had and what happened to me. Looking at the large bundle of barley on the bed next to her, she had to agree this was no ordinary day. Naomi asked, where did you work today and in whose field did you glean? This is enough food for us for several days. Blessed be the one who was kind to you today. Ruth said, I know, Naomi, it's so much more than I thought I could ever glean in just one day. The field I worked in today was owned by a man named Boaz. Naomi said, ah, my daughter, he is our relative. Do go on. Ruth continued, I went to the field early this morning as you told me to, and I was following along after those that were reaping the barley, and I was picking up the little bit here and there that they dropped, but it wasn't very much. After we'd worked for some time, I noticed Boaz come. He was talking to a servant who was in charge of those that were reaping in his field. He was not far away from me, so I could hear what he was saying. He asked the servant who I was and who I belonged to. The servant told him that I was from Moab and that I had come back to Bethlehem with you, Naomi. And then mum, he came over to me. I was so nervous. I wasn't sure if I was in trouble or not. And he said to me, please do not glean in any other field or go anywhere else. 
Stay close to young, my young women as you work and follow them. Please stay here and glean until the end of the barley harvest. You will be safe here. I have told the young men not to touch you and leave you alone. And if you are thirsty, please drink from the water drawn from the well by the young men. Ruth continued, he had the kindest eyes, mum. I couldn't believe what he was saying to me after everything that's happened to us. I, I fell to my knees and I bowed before him saying, what, what have I done that you would be so kind to me? Why are you being so kind to me? I am a foreigner. I'm a refugee. And then he said to me, I have been told about all that you have done for your mother-in-law, Naomi, since your husband has died, and how you left your parents and your country, and you came here to live amongst us, complete strangers. May the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come, take refuge and reward you fully for what you have done. Ruth went on to say, on hearing his words, I felt so overwhelmed to know he knew so much about our lives. I thanked him again for being so kind to me, even though I'm not like the other servants who work for him. I was so comforted by his words, Naomi. And when lunchtime came, oh, I was so hungry. And he kindly invited me to eat with him and the reapers. They shared their parched grain with me and we, we dipped it in the bread in vinegar. It was delicious. And I ate until I was full. And, and I saved some for you. And as I gleaned for the rest of the day, it was as if the workers were purposefully just dropping extra barley just for me as there is no way I could ever have gleaned this much barley to bring home to you. Naomi was excited and she said, oh, may the Lord bless him. He is showing kindness to us as well as to your husband that's passed away. This man is our closest relative, one of our kinsmen redeemers. Ruth could see that Naomi was really excited but she had no idea about this Israelite custom or laws that she was talking about. In Israelite culture, if a woman's husband died before they had conceived any children, she was left with no one to provide for her. There was no doll, there was no social insurance, she couldn't go back to university or TAFE and she couldn't get a job. It was expected that one of her husband's brothers would then marry her as a way of helping her and her late husband. The brother was then expected to give her a child. That child would then take the name of the husband who had passed away and the family name would continue. Shame would be removed from her and any land the family owned could then stay in the family and be passed down to the children. Sometimes though, like in the story of Ruth and Naomi, there were no brothers to fulfill this role 
And so this left the widows, like Ruth and Naomi, destitute and in need of being helped and redeemed. When someone was in distress and in need of being rescued, his or his closest relative could legally step in and help. So what was the kinsman redeemer in Jewish culture? The first thing, he could marry the widow who had been left with no children and give her a child. But firstly, what is this kinsman redeemer? The word in Hebrew is goel. The kinsman redeemer had many roles regarding them. In Leviticus 25 is one of the chapters to explain in detail some of the laws of redemption. There are many roles that they played and that they could help the redeemer. Today we will look at just a few in the story. The first one you can see, he could marry the widow he'd been left with no children and give her a child. It was understood that the child would then take on the name of the dead father and inherit the father's property and carry on the family name. And by doing so, rescue her from extreme poverty and a lack of position in society. The kinsman redeemer would fulfill the role that the brother-in-law would have if there had been one. The second one that relates to this story was he could redeem the property that was given up by a poor relative. It says in Leviticus, if a man became so poor that he had to sell off his property, then his nearest kinsman could come and buy back what his relative had sold, and by doing so, restore the land to the one, the one who had lost it. And so Naomi explained all of this about the close relative to her. And she told her she should do as he suggested. A few days later, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I find a permanent home for you. It's time we find you a husband so that he can provide for you. Do you remember that chat we had the other day about being a close relative of Boaz being a close relative of ours, and that he could be our kinsman redeemer. Ruth nodded her head as she remembered all too well. Naomi went on to say, as you know, the barley harvest has now been harvested, and tonight Boaz will be down at the threshing floor, winnowing the barley in the cool of the evening. This is what I want you to do. I want you to wash yourself and anoint yourself with perfume. Get dressed up in the best clothes that you have and walk down to where the threshing floor is. But whatever you do, don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. There will be much celebration over this harvest after the many years of famine that have been in this land. Tonight, Boaz will sleep at the threshing floor to protect the harvest of grain from being stolen. When he lies down, watch where he goes. And then later, go and lift the mantle that will be covering his feet and lie down. You will have to wait, my daughter, until he realizes you are there. It may take some time, but be patient. 
He will then tell you what to do. And so Ruth faithfully went and bathed and dressed in her finest clothes that she had. And she put on some perfume and she anointed herself and she was ready. As the sun was finally setting and the sky was growing dark, she walked away from the town of Bethlehem and down into the valley below where the fields and the threshing floor were to do as Naomi told her. On arriving at the threshing floor, Boaz and the men were almost finished winnowing the grain. And so she waited in the darkness, out of sight, and watched as they continued to toss the grain in the air and watched the evening breeze blow away the chaff into the night. And then the remaining grain land back in the sieve that they were holding over and over and over again, they repeated this until they were finally finished. She'd been working in Boaz's fields for some time now, and she knew his form well. He was older than her, but she was drawn to his face. It was strong and gentle and so very kind. The men finished threshing, and they put away their tools, and they gathered They gathered together around the lanterns that they had lit and it was time for them to celebrate the harvest and God's blessings of breaking the famine in this land. They shared a simple meal and a drink together and they laughed and they chatted about God's goodness in their lives. And finally, one by one, many of the men left and headed back up the hill home to Bethlehem. Boaz and a couple of the other men remained behind for the night to sleep to keep watch over the grain. Ruth watched carefully to see where Boaz went to lie down to sleep at the end of the heap of grain. She saw where he went and she waited. She waited a few minutes And then silent, she crept over to where he was. Bending down, she carefully uncovered the mantle from his feet and laid down to wait. Nothing happened. She could only hear him quietly snoring. So she took a deep breath, closed her eyes and hoped that she might rest. About midnight, a dog barked somewhere in the distance and startling Boaz, he rolled over. It was then that he realised that his feet were uncovered and there was a woman lying at his feet. Shocked, he sat up and whispered, Who are you? Nervously, she replied, Um, I am your servant, Ruth. Please spread the corner of your mantle over me since you are my close relative and uh, kinsman redeemer. There was a long silence. And then, with much emotion, his voice replied, The Lord bless you, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness to me now than before, because you have not run after younger men than I, whether they be rich 
or poor. Sensing she was trembling, he said to her, Do not be afraid, Ruth. I will do all that you ask, as everyone knows what a virtuous woman you are. It is true that I am one of your family redeemers, but there is another man more closely related to you than me. But, but stay here tonight, and in the morning, I will talk to him about your proposal. If he is willing to marry you, so be it. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. You must be cold, Ruth. Here, let me cover you with the mantle until morning. So she lay at his feet until early morning. Before it was light, Ruth got up to return home so no one would see or recognize her. When she got home to Naomi, she told her all that had happened. Naomi could hear both the excitement and the nervousness in her daughter-in-law's voice and tried reassuring her by saying, be patient, my daughter, until we hear what Boaz says, he will not rest until he has resolved this matter today. We are like Ruth and Naomi. We are in need of a kinsman redeemer. A few weeks ago, Joe shared with us about the story of the Garden of Eden and the fall how before sin entered the world, Adam and Eve knew no shame. And the man and his wife were both naked, it tells us in Genesis, and they were not ashamed. But then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were both naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. The immediate consequence of their sin was feelings of shame fear, pain, and they began to blame each other for their sins. They had been enticed, kidnapped by God's enemy, Satan. The problem of sin and shame that began at the fall with Adam and Eve has not gone away. We struggle with both sin and shame still every single day. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. We battle feelings of shame about so many things. We feel shame about losing our temper at our children or being impatient with our spouse or feeling angry with God or gaining too much weight or not gaining enough weight or feeling jealous, lying or cheating or eating too much, not reading our Bible, not reading it enough, not having a job, not getting a promotion, being single, struggling to pray, struggling with addictions, or not loving our spouse the way we think we should, or for never going to college, or for having low grades in school, or wondering if we are saved. We struggle with shame. I struggle with shame. We all do. And as long as we struggle with sin, we will struggle with shame. We are unable to change our situation. 
We are sinful. We are sinners. We are helpless. We are destitute. But we have a hope. Jesus is our hope. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his image. In his image, he created them, male and female. Because he created us in his image, the Bible tells us, but to all who receive him and who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God, John 1.12. Did you catch that? We have the right to be called children of God. So good. We must simply receive him as our father and our savior and believe in his name. And we can accept our birthright as children of God. That makes us Jesus' closest of kin. He is our kinsman redeemer. And our last point, Ruth and Naomi are redeemed. Later this morning, that morning, Naomi and Ruth were startled by a loud knock at the door. Ruth quickly jumped up and ran over to open the door. Standing in the doorway was Boaz. He smiled and he asked if he could come in. Ruth swung wide open the door and gestured in for him to enter. Naomi and Ruth had been sitting finishing their midday meal. Naomi stood up and said, welcome, Boaz. Please come sit. Boaz replied, thank you, Naomi. I have come as quickly as I could. I have dealt with the matter we spoke of last night, Ruth. Ruth nervously looked at Naomi and then at Boaz and replied, thank you, Boaz. Please tell us what happened. Boaz began, First thing in the morning, I got up and I walked up to the gates of the city and I sat down to wait for the other kinsman redeemer, Ruth, that we spoke of. I was pretty certain that he would pass through the gates to go to work for the day. And before long, he came along and I gestured him to come and sit down with me. And so we did. And then I called the 10 elders of the city to come and join us so we could hear and witness what he talked about. I reminded him of the fact that Naomi had returned from Moab. I told him that you, Naomi, were selling the land that belonged to you and Elimelech, and I asked if he would like to buy it. I said that if he, if he did not want to redeem the land, I would. I was next in line. The man replied, I didn't know she was wanting to sell her land. Yes, I'd love to redeem it. On hearing his answer, I told him, of course, if you buy the land from Naomi, you would also have to marry Ruth. I reminded him that the child that would be born would carry the family name and not his own, and that the land would remain within the family. On hearing this, he pulled off his sandal, handed it to me saying, I cannot buy this land as it would be too costly for me and will affect my estate. You may redeem it and marry the widow Ruth. Looking at the two ladies, Boaz said, and so Ruth and Naomi, the elders witnessed our agreement and they gave us our blessings. I am legally allowed to buy your land from you, Naomi, 
and Ruth, I can do as you asked. I can redeem you. We can get married. And may the Lord bless us in time with a child to carry on your late husband's name and to keep the land within your family, Naomi. On hearing this, both Ruth and Naomi jumped up and hugged Boaz. With tears in her eyes, Naomi said, thank you so much for being willing to be our kinsman redeemer. We are forever grateful. You have removed shame and restored us. Our lives were once destitute, but now we are redeemed. My life was once bitter and is now filled with joy. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. There was nothing Ruth or Naomi could do to change their situation. And it was only because of the laws of redemption in Israel that Ruth's willingness to recognize her need and ask Boaz for help that they are saved. And there is nothing we can do either to change our situation. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. But Jesus, God loved this world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is our father, our closest family member, our kinsman redeemer. God says to us in Isaiah, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Today, will you recognize your need? Will you accept the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for you and for me so that he might be able to redeem us? He is ready and willing to.